Can't wait to get into your uh, theory on who, what, what team is the gives the Leafs the best chance to get out of the first round. Yeah, Columbus gets real hot and gets in. <laughs> <laughs> now, have you thought this thing through? I have. I have. I uh, I got some analytic backup for my theories today, which you'll love. It is tightening up, though. Boston now. Look at the, the division. The Leafs in second. They passed Tampa Bay. Uh, Boston right on the heels, one point back at Tampa Bay. Like, it's tight. All right, let's welcome in Brian Boucher. Maybe he can answer a few things, including... Like, what is going on, Boosh, with your goalie union? Because I'm seeing some teams right now that we think are favored, yet maybe a couple questionable uh, uh, positions in net on, on a few here. Uh, what's your overall theory watching Flurry go to Minnesota and other teams saying, ah, we're better off with our, our with our own than trading for another goalie? Well, okay, so uh, the flurry situation kind of surprised me a little bit. Uh, from what I had heard, uh, you know, flurry was going to stay pat, uh, stand pat in Chicago, and it sounded like he wanted to play next year, so I didn't really give much thought to it. But I, I got to commend Billy Guerin for, you know, having uh, his finger on the pulse uh, here. You know, like, I, I think, you you know, you would probably agree with me on this, Kipper, that, like Billy is one of those guys that is just a, he's like a hockey guy, right? Like he just, he's one of those locker room guys that just has a feel for the game. I don't know if you can quantify it with advanced numbers or analytics or anything like that. He just, I think he's got a lot of feel. And I think he had a feel on this one that he could make an improvement, not only in goal, but on the back end and, you know, with, with a guy like Delorier and that would help his team. And by getting a guy like Marc-Andre Fleur, I just thought it was a great move. I mean, you get a guy that has experience. He's probably not going to be the guy that plays every game. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's if they share the net in the playoffs. Uh, but I don't think Billy Guerin cares. I think as long as they they win and they can find a way, I I, do, I thought it was a uh, an aggressive move, but um, a real astute move on on his part. I didn't see it coming, and uh, I think it, it puts it puts Minnesota for me in another tier right now, because before I was just thinking about Colorado and Calgary in the West and that's it. Everybody else was kind of like in another tier below, but now I'm kind of excited for Minnesota in the moves mm. that they made. Um, I don't know what other teams you're referring to with, <laughs> with my goalie union. Where do you want to go? With uh, that just after, No, after, uh, I, I, I can't recall um, so many teams having, and we, we include Toronto here with Jack Campbell out. I just, I, I, in all the years I've covered and, and been a part of the NHL, I just I can't recall so many teams having question marks in that. Yeah. Is yeah, it, Toronto, it, I think of like Washington, right? I mean, um Do you have a theory Boston, behind it at all? Or is it just is Bobrovsky. it is it is it is there a theory behind there, Boosh, or is it just um just just a lull in the position? That's a great question. Uh I feel like you know, there was a time back, like when I played, you know, in the in the '90s and early 2000s, it felt like there was always a clear cut number number one on a team, right? Like, you know, you had your you had your Dominic Hasheks, you had Marty Brodeur, you had Patrick Waugh, Cujo. It just felt like teams had an established number one. And you're right. I think now there's probably more uh, 
there's probably better goaltenders now today than there ever was, but it's like they're all kind of like equal. And so it's hard to distinguish which guy is better than the other. And at times one can be, can play well, can get hot. And at times another can get hot. And maybe that clouds your judgment on, on what you really have. Um, you know, I think Washington's goaltending is, is probably not going to be good enough to get them out of the first round. I think that's easy to say. I'm still concerned. I talked to you guys earlier this year. I'm still very concerned about Toronto. Um, I don't know if Jack Campbell is going to be able to come. Hopefully this break and this kind of like reset and getting back from this injury will do a world of good. But I can tell you it's hard to catch a moving train when you jump on it. Um, you know, and then who knows with the other guys. I mean, it's, it's, it's a it's a tough thing, you know. And if you don't have a guy that you can really rely on, that's the difference between winning and losing. You look at the East, and I could make a case for any team winning a series in yeah. the East, uh, and it could all come down to goaltending. Well, that's, you know, I want to get more into the idea of the catching a moving train thing. And if you're Peter Morazic, a guy who was brought in here to share the crease with Jack Campbell, this was supposed to be a 1A, 1B, a, you know, 50 ga- games and 32 games at least type situation. Is there time and is it possible to salvage your game when you've had a season like Morazic, when it's all just gone wrong? You know, puts a pretty decent performance together last night. Is there enough time for this guy to be someone who can help the Leafs as opposed to being just a risk and a concern when they get into a playoff series? Yes, there's plenty of time. And in case in point, go back to 2010. Um, when I was in Philadelphia that year, we used like 92 goaltenders that year. Like it was out of control. And, and, uh, you know, myself and Michael Layton were the, the, the last two standing in the end. And I was, I was garbage all year. And I, I seemed to find my game after Layton got hurt with about say 10, 10 or 10, 13 games left in the year. And I finally felt comfortable right as we got down to the end of the season, Toronto's making the playoffs. So there's no question about that. For Morazic, I think he has plenty of time to sort things out. I think their team has plenty of time to uh, sort things out five-on-five five defensively so they can make sure that their goaltender feels a lot better about themselves. Their specialty teams are terrific. Like, they've got pieces to win. There's no question they can win. It's, it's like it's the one thing that's hanging over them is the goaltending. If the goaltending can just be solid, not cost you games, you don't have to steal games, I don't think. I think if you do that, um, you have a chance. And I think Morazic has plenty of time to salvage this season. If you finish the last 10 games on a heater and you go into the playoffs with that confidence, everything else is forgotten. And that's what he has to work his way to right now. Um, I, I, it'd be great if he could do it because I, I know that there's always that redemption feeling as a goaltender, especially when things go bad. You just, you'd love to just, you know, shove it in people's faces, you know, and I'm sure he's got a lot of that going on right now that he wants to prove people wrong. We're talking to Brian Boucher, former NHL goalie hockey analyst for ESPN, currently in Raleigh, getting ready for Dallas and, and Colorado and, or sorry, uh, Carolina. Um, Boosh, before we get into that game, I just want to talk uh, about that personal experience that you had with what, 10, 13 games to go. Was it a physical thing a mental thing was it uh a moment a practice that that turned it around for you and and we're just thinking in in peter Mrazek's case you know how much how much time does he need to maybe turn this thing around i think a little bit of his is physical at the start like if you haven't played much you know you got to get get used to you know 
getting your body ready to play back-to-backs and, and three and four and stuff like that as opposed to just being the backup, right? So, yeah, there's a little bit of that, but that you can get that figured out pretty quickly. I think it's the mental side where um, the pressure that you feel, you know, um, to perform and to not be the guy that is a story on, on, on the negative side of things. That's where you have to – that's where you got to get through it. And, and really how you get through it is have a performance where – you are a difference maker in the game and that can turn the tide just like that, you know, because, you know, he should feel very confident in his team that they can score goals. Right. I mean, he, he, that's not a question. He, you know, if they can defend good enough that he can be solid in there and has that one performance, that can be the one moment that can you snap right out of it and it catapults you in a different direction. And, um, you know, that's, that's what he has to hope for. Now it, it can also go the other way. If he has a performance, that turns into a real stinker, and then all of a sudden, now you're on the down. Now you're on the wrong side of it, and it steam and it steamrolls the other way. That can be bad too. So, but it, you know, I think right now his mindset just has to be park everything that was in the past and just you know be solid. And and if you have that performance, build off of it day after day, and then you know your confidence can grow quickly uh, in this time of year because it's, this is the best time of year. I mean, all the games mean something. You get into the playoffs. It's springtime. Uh, the excitement's there. Everybody's on the same page. It's not like you're playing in October where guys are looking for points and, you know, you might get some loose nights defensively. Everybody's going to be on the same page. You're going to get the best effort from everybody in front of you. Do your job. If you do that, then you can build off of that. Bush, at the start of the uh, the Leaf season, they did an all-or-nothing series for uh, Anaheim, or sorry, Amazon, and uh, it was nothing. But they did all-or-nothing, and in that there that show, there's a se- uh, scene where um, Sheldon Keefe is complaining about the goaltending. The goalie coach says, well, it was tipped. And Sheldon goes, well, can he stop one that's tipped? And, you know, we've watched the Leafs goaltenders give up tipped pucks. Uh, their, their D is not great at controlling sticks. But how much blame can we give goaltenders? How much can we expect them to stop pucks that get redirected on the way to the net? I, that one to me is laughable. Like, I mean, that's just, uh, you know, that's just, you know, you get some guys that just say, hey, just stop the puck. Right. You know what I mean? They don't care. They Just stop the puck at the end of the day. I mean, how many times I heard that in my life? <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 and there are times where it's like, you know, you're right. Just stop the puck. But on redirects, come on, give me yeah. a break. I mean, you can, as a goalie, you, gotta, you can read some tips, you know, like if it's a high tip, you know, those shot passes to the guy in the slot. You know how to play those, right? You don't overslide. You got you to gotta anticipate that. But sometimes when it hits a stick coming in, coming in, there's no way you can you can anticipate that. And a lot of it is just about if you're in the right position and the puck hits you, uh, then you, you know then that's a, that's a plus. And if some nights they just go through you, and so and, and sometimes you know what happens is those tips they they um, they stop you from being able to control the rebound and it leads to a second chance opportunity and. And that's when it gets uh, it gets tough. So yeah, I mean, if you're a defender, you got to do a better job. Either either get in the shooting lanes and make sure those pucks don't get through from the from the start, or start getting some sticks so that those redirects don't happen. We mentioned uh, you're in Raleigh for Dallas, Carolina. Freddie Anderson, Vesna, legit talk. I gotta think so. I mean, uh, a goals against average of you know just over two, um, thirty one wins, uh, almost a nine. 93% save percentage. Uh, I think I told you earlier this year, I've, I've always been a big Freddie Anderson fan. Uh, he's done a terrific job here. And, uh, you know, Carolina does a good job. I mean, defending-wise, they defend by having the puck, and they, 
they spend a lot of time in the offensive zone. So that's why they're the best team defensively. But Anderson has been a major upgrade for their team this year. And if you ask Rod Brindon more that, he's not afraid to admit to that. And I, and I totally agree. And I think Rance has been good when he's been called upon too. I've never been a huge Rance guy. Like I always, you know, I, he always got hurt at the wrong time. And, you know, when an opportunity from the play, you know, he, could, he never could really be counted on. But this year he's been very solid. They've been a terrific tandem. Um, and I think Anderson's a, a big part of the, their success this year because he, I think he just calms everything down back there. Boosh, have a great call. Thanks for doing this for us. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Take care. Brian Boucher, ESPN, Dallas and Carolina tonight. We expect uh, Max Domi to make his debut, too, with Carolina Hurricanes. And mm-hmm. I think if he's a good student and he listens to Rod Brendamore, he's got a chance to turn his career around. Well, it can be career-defining, right? At the age he is and going to the situation he's going, it can really – teams can look at what he he's done in Carolina and go, okay, this guy can do it. He's coachable. He's, you know – it's a good spot for him, so I'm excited to see how that plays out. Okay, against, against Borny's favorite team in the NHL, the Dallas Stars. You know what? The best part is there are no Stars fans. They don't exist. No one listening to this is like, ah, oh, you savaged the Stars. None. So if, <laughs> if I would have told you that uh, Dallas had a legitimate shot of making the playoffs and knocking Vegas out, if I would have told you that six weeks ago, uh, probably would have looked at you funny. Yeah. But I do that anyway, so. Yeah. And that's where they're and, at. Uh, yeah, no, they're they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, it looks like statistically they're going to find their way in. All right, the Donov. Nice. Back Not and really playing good. with Vegas. Now, boy, that's awkward. I think... Uh, walking in the room carrying your bag. I think the bag. word is that they're not going to trade his rights. He's He's staying with the team the rest of the season. I imagine if that's true, and I'm sure it is, um, it's because there wasn't a fit out there with another team. Like, no one wanted to do that. I, th- I think they've tried. I think they've knocked, say, on the door of Arizona. And even if you had a first-round pick to offer them, you still have to get an owner that commits to $6.5 million cash. Next year. For a guy, No, uh, actually $7 million. There's the remainder of his contract yeah. this year. Plus six point five. Say, boss, we can buy a first rounder for seven million. Yeah. Boss goes, eh. no, 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 no. We're good. And in really, in in theory, I think Toronto gave up a first rounder uh, for Marlowe to go to Carolina. Yeah, and that was to pick up four million. I was actually thinking with Toronto, if they're in LTIR, I was like, could they? Could they add him? But no, it doesn't. It doesn't work. So then you got to deal with next year. If if it's a first rounder for four million for Marlowe, shouldn't seven million dollars yeah, be, be a first worth and a half? A first and a <laughs> second or a third. Yeah. And if you're Vegas, you're like, are we trading that yeah. for six weeks of hockey here when yeah. it doesn't look like we're very good? So that that Marlowe pick, just as an aside, turned into Seth Jarvis. It's a good player for the yes. Carolina Hurricanes. Yes. Anyways, continue. So I'm just watching this whole thing kind of, and it's exactly what we said. Everybody's pointing the finger and and people want to point the finger at Ottawa, which is just crazy to me. Absolutely crazy. The feeling that Vegas didn't know. Now there's word that, uh, that they did talk to uh, uh, Donov about waiving his. To Anaheim? Anaheim. No. Prior. Prior to. Prior to. Which would mean they knew he yes. had it. Yes. Ooh. That would be in- incriminating. 
And he tried to explain to them, I don't want to go. My kids are in school. Uh, there's the tax implications. Yeah. There's the fact that they are a team that's just going to trade me next year, that I won't stay, and I'd rather not. So I'm watching this whole thing, and I just think with everything that's gone on in the last 24, 48 hours, this is now the time where the league or the Players Association or somebody has to step up and say, enough, no more of this. Essentially what it is, is circumventing the salary cap for stashing players. Oh, yeah. And it's got to stop. It's just like the trading the Kessler contract in this situation. All of it, yeah. 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 Just, you can't, you cannot tell players who would be otherwise healthy Mm -hmm. to sit on the sidelines. Well, that would be Dodonov if he got traded now. He would not play for the rest of the year. I think it's more speaking to perhaps Stone oh, and Martinez. That I see. Okay. Or Kucherov in Tampa Bay mm-hmm. or Hosa in Chicago, where you cannot go and tell players who would be otherwise healthy to sit on the sidelines and wait. I don't. Right. You got to stop that. If you are healthy and you're deemed ready to play, then you cannot be on long-term IR. Well, you know what's really interesting to me is all of this LTIR stuff was always with the assumption that there was a doctor who would say, yeah, yeah, this guy's hurt enough to say that he's hurt and not able to play. It sounds like Martinez is ready to play. Like, are they, if he is ready to play and there's no doctor who says he's not ready to play, what do they do? You have to take them off LTIR. They don't have room. They're not cap compliant as a team. Well, and what, what is, becomes of a team? This then? is what they lose picks. Well, the one thing is, is they never wavered in Tampa Bay with Kucherov, right? He no, was always going to stay on there even when he was practicing. But this one's a little different in Vegas. It is different because they thought that they moved the five million, and the feeling was that you were going to get either Martinez or Stone back. Yeah, and they Early. can't get Stone back well, without gonna, moving more. You're going to get one of them for sure. Yeah. So which means that if if the Donovs contract's back, which it is, mm-hmm. now he can't play. So which one was it? Was he was he legitimately hurt or was he ready to play? It's really exposed their manipulation of LTIR, which is cap circumvention. And it's funny that there's no clear-cut punishment for that because they look like a team who now would be eligible for some punishment. So I just think that it, it, there should be an investigation in mm-hmm. the last little while, including pulling up daily reports. There's medical reports. Yeah, Trainers have medical daily reports. What's the doc saying on Alec Martinez? So, Mark Stone. Exactly. So w- was there documentation from a trainer that said, hey, Mark's uh, skating. He handled uh, uh, physical uh, checks today in practice. Uh, he should be ready to go next week mm-hmm. or two weeks. Uh, his timeline's two weeks. Right. Because the timeline for him 
a month ago was end of the season. It's like, it was funny that they were like, he's going to be better on April 29th. And I was like, wait. So go back and find those. And if it is, if they did try to manipulate it and bring them back early, mm-hmm. then you got you to fix this problem right away. This, you cannot keep telling people that have money in, in the NHL to try to keep up with the Joneses by, by using uh, long-term IR to stack right. your roster at the end of the year. Isn't there an easy solution for this and just do the NBA luxury tax? Yeah. Yes, there is. If you want to spend over the cap, go ahead, but like, you're going to pay is, dollar for dollar to Why the is Gary so obsessed HRR. with the hard cap? Like, it's not that much parity. He, because he's worried about Arizona. Oh, to hell oh, with Arizona. Kipper, yeah, I'm telling I, you. I'm telling you, he wants everybody equal. It's, the owners wanted everybody equal, which is uh, crazy to ask the New York Yankees but every, to ask. But every team that's makes the most money in all other sports gets to spend the money. You know, you look at you look at soccer, you look at uh, basketball, you look at, you know, football yeah. has a weird cap thing, baseball. If you make money, you get to spend it. Yeah. I it's just make a salary like we get not they'll never get rid so, of the salary cap, so, but luxury tax is a good sort of I agree with ground. that and I think it's a good way to bring more money into the Correct. system for the league. Like, hey, if the team wants to if the Leafs want to yes. spend dollar for dollar and put it back into the pool, great. I think everyone That's good would like for that. Everyone. So I agree with you that LTIR and that form of cap circumvention needs clarity. Yeah. There's also the central registry thing where it sounds like Ottawa either didn't send over the um, the no, list. The, no, no, no. I know yeah. it's not Ottawa's fault. But they sent either didn't send yeah. something or it wasn't requested or they sent the wrong year or whatever. It just sounds so small potatoes of a league that there was no official way for the, the list to move and be filed and stored and that has to get fixed as well. And the and the the, the theory is that Central Registry doesn't have a list of the teams that are excluded because the players that. don't want that out. Ah, uh, okay. Well, we can't have this yes, happen again. So sorry that you don't want leaks, you but can't get a you won't get an argument out of me on that. Right. I think that needs to be clarified as well. But no, it's Is anybody even willing to investigate this? This is to me is an inv- this is something that should be investigated. Mm-hmm. Are they going to look into it? Or are we going to still play all these stupid games again this time next year? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, see, it seems to me like there need we need some answers on how this went down. Who did, did someone do something intentionally? Was this truly just clerical errors? It seems to me like there was some fudging on Vegas's part about what they knew when they knew it. When did you know what you and knew? From the Players Association point of view is they need to stand up and they got to say, if my player is healthy mm-hmm. and ready to go, you don't have the right to sit them right. out. Because you can't manage a salary cap because, or you because you're trying to... Yeah, if, if, yeah. You, if you want to sit them out because you think he's no good, then that's fine. But he's not doing it on... Long-term IR. Right. You get them off long-term IR. You want to make them a healthy scratch. That's no problem at all. You know who's a healthy scratch night? Sean Monahan. So I throw that in yeah. there. Anyway. But because now you're messing with him. You're messing with his career games. Yeah. You're messing with his, uh, maybe he's going for Your milestones. ability to go to, for arbitration when you say, oh, well, he only scored 18 last year. It's like, well, they kept me out for seven games because they. Okay. The other thing, too, is, again, when, when you're manipulating the cap like this, like think about now a Colorado who could see 
Dallas or Vegas in the first round? Suddenly right? Vegas has no issues if they get in. No, they no, can no. play all their guys. Like Vegas is a very dangerous team game one. Oh, brutal. They right? get they get Leonard back and all of a sudden it's Stone and it's uh Martinez because, because you Dodonov's in. Because you had a chance to circumvent the salary cap, you're in, and the team that we're supposed to play yeah, yeah, is yeah. out. So they should be up in arms. They should be asking for an investigation. Actually, on think this. about this: like Dodonov is now an asset for them. Like Vegas is better with Dodonov than without him. Now they have him. If they get in, he's in. Their team is even stronger for it, not having had to move that piece out. There's so many different ways that you can look at this and say mm-hmm. this is just against the integrity of the game. I agree. Totally agree. But will we? Will you think we'll see an investigation in this? This is a real Kipper and Bourne call to arms for the league. What's going on here? We want answers. All right, that's my uh, my beef on that. All right, now I'm going to do my thing about who the Leafs want to play in the first okay. round. Um, we talked about it the other day about who was going to be. Remember, we, we said Boston was sneaking up on them. Would they want Boston? Lurking. And I was saying, of course, you'd want Boston because they're just not as good. Uh, I, I did some looking into this. Boston, very good. Yeah. Very good and actually uh, not the team you want. I think the Leafs want Tampa. And I know we've said on this show the complete opposite. We thought Florida with the goaltending, whatever. Are we sure that Tampa Bay is that? Is, is that because they've hit a bit of a, a, a skid right now, they too? They have hit a skid. They have hit a skid. They've lost five of their last seven games. They've only won, um, I want to say, five or six times in the month of March, which they've played 11 times. But, you know, what made this Tampa team so good for years was they scored, right? They scored and they scored. And, like, if you think of the Leafs' defense against Tampa's offense, you were terrified – Four years ago, going back four years, all my stats uh, on Tampa, they were first in the league in goals, first in the league in goals, then eighth. This year, they're ninth. And in expected goals, they're outside the top 10 by a good deal. So they don't score a whole bunch. But in, in you know looking back at last year, their power play really solved a lot of problems for them. Four years again for Tampa going back, first in the league, fifth in the league, ninth in the league. They're 15th in the league this year, their power play. They're middle of the pack on the power play. So this team doesn't score like they used to score. But what changed last year and why they still won a cup, even though their offense is drying up, they defended. They went from being, uh, you know, eighth in the league in goals against to eighth. They were sixth last year. They got better. This year, they're outside of the top 10 goals against. They give up goals. They get they don't score like they used to. Their penalty kill has dropped from four years ago. It's first in the league. They're 15th in penalty kill. This team, I boys, looking at this team, I'm not sure that they're as good as they've been. I understand that their decor is still their decor. <laughs> I, I understand just... that Vasilevsky is still Vasilevsky. And Hedman's still Hedman. Yes. And Kucherov still looks pretty good. But when you, they had those guys and you used to look at the numbers, it was like, wow, this team is a powerhouse. This team is not the powerhouse they have been through 60 games, statistically. So maybe mm. that's why they went out and got... Hagel and yes, uh, Nick and Paul. Ha- I totally agree. And, and give, now it give could that, change. Give that a couple of weeks. You're right. That's a really, really good point. Is they did get a lot better. That's a huge change in That's not a really being good point. stale on, on on those numbers that you're talking about. Yep. Yeah, they're going to get better because Paul I, can I am, score and Hagel can listen, score. Listen, Hagel was a shock to all of us. Yeah. Come on. That was a big one. The defending two-time Stanley Cup champion goes in and gives up a couple of first rounders. Yeah. Are you kidding me? No, I know. Uh, and that maybe that's the difference. The he, problem is he looks like Braden Point. Doesn't play like Hangle? him, but he's yeah. kind of that diminutive, kind of got that like hockey face to him. He really <laughs> looks very similar. 
So then looking around the division and looking at their numbers, Boston is the best in the NHL in terms of expected goals percentage. They are the best team in hockey in terms of who's supposed to score versus how often they get scored on. They're really, really good. And all the numbers uh, are good. The best team, though, in basically every category is Florida. Boston and Florida are the two best teams in the league statistically tampa is not near them toronto's somewhere in the middle fourth fifth best in the I nhl i have a funny feeling uh sammy disagrees with you and says you'll take your chances with florida before tampa bay those are some pretty compelling points they um, they do, but you know what kipper makes a good point too now if the scoring you is think a problem like you guys know a lot about hockey <laughs> if they don't score as much and then they add two guys in paul and hagel who give them that third yeah. line and they suddenly score again yeah I don't like any of these teams. They're all good. <laughs> For Toronto. They're, listen. I, it's bad. The, the Eastern <laughs> Conference is stacked. We used to talk about how the big, bad West and all those teams out there. Like, it's not even the East. It's the Atlantic. Oh, the East is pretty good. Carolina's really good. and you know, Pittsburgh's really good. Yeah. Pittsburgh's, Pittsburgh's ahead of the Leafs. I know they're ahead of the Leafs. They're, they're, sne- they're really sneaky good. Pittsburgh. Rangers are the one I don't, I don't believe in a whole lot. No. Especially with the that's goal been consistent fading. with needing Shesterkin or yeah. or go home. But the like, I'm just looking at the the league by point percentage. Uh, how, how do you think Ovechkin felt not seeing a goalie traded? I don't know, but I don't really know what Ovechkin's thinking right now. <laughs> <Okay>. Bad example. <laughs> Bad example. Oh, he hasn't thought about hockey. John Carlson. John Carl. How John Carlson feel? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, but yeah, like I'm just looking at it here. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, uh, seven of the top ten are by points percentage are in the East. Um, goaltending how, how for Florida goaltending. Ekblad, high ankle sprain. Oof, those things could take six. Brutal. Uh, I had a high ankle sprain. They could sprain. take six weeks. It's horrible. They could take three months. Six weeks takes you to oh game one of the playoffs. You have no idea, and that thing will not. Feel remotely back to normal again for him till next October. My understanding is that he should be eligible, not eligible, but able to play physically in playoffs. Yeah. But yeah. That's a tough one. High ankle sprains are awful. You had one? Uh, I have had one when I was younger. It's months of like. Actually, when I went to the doctor after it happened, the guy looked at me. He's like, how old are you? Yeah, 30. He's like, yeah, it's probably never be the same. This is a a great Louis C.K. bit, unfortunately. He's not uh, someone we're allowed to talk about anymore, but. Uh, incurable crappy ankle. Yeah, uh, that's <laughs> I, I have it. Somebody called yeah, it. Well, you know, with some curse words, but it's like I have the, it. The doctor says, "Yeah, now you just do thirty minutes of stretching a day." And he goes, "How long till it's better?" And he goes, "No, Never. you just do that now. It's <laughs> <laughs> just a thing you do. You just you got to stretch one, your ankle." One more for Florida for me, Andrew Burnett. Trying to take a team that's got a ton of pressure on him. Made all these changes too, you know. Trying to win a Stanley Cup right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, inexperienced, matching lines, motivation okay. could come into play here. How about Florida. the fact that they should scratch your physicality itch as yes. a playoff team goes? Like they will happily fight your face, and we have seen people's faces get fought all around all year long by this holiday. Well, call up punchy when we find I'm going to go back and watch that first round Tampa Bay and Florida oh my just God. to warm up. So remember this about this series. Florida handed it to Tampa in that first round and last year but Tampa Bay's power play yes. was 
ruthless. No, Kucherov was ruthless. Kucherov, yeah, game one, I think he had two and one, just like fake, fake dishes from the half wall. You got that one-time snapper thing. But, yeah, so their power play was so good last year. It pushed them past Florida. They, they may not have that. Yeah. I just remember that from – because last year we were in the pandemic when the playoffs started with the no fans here, and we hadn't watched any hockey games with fans. I know. And I remember we heard, like, the first opening Florida, night. Tampa, Florida, fans, Tampa. It was goals, like, oh, my God. Hockey. I was like, what am I watching? It was just And then like, it was Leafs Habs that I was trying to stay awake. Going from caffeine to just mainlining hard drugs. It's <laughs> <That's> just <laughs> intense hockey. Ten games on tap. You got any uh, – uh, Pickums, or you got some bets for us? The Boston Bruins are the favorites against the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight. How about that? Uh, so, the, so that's where where the gamble. Of course, it's in Boston, so there is that little bit of uh, of a tweak. So, depends where you sit. I I just read you all that stuff on Tampa. I really like Boston right now. You get them at about even money. Oh, sorry, Tampa is a tiny bit of a favorite, but minus one hundred five. Boston over Tampa Bay at home tonight. I, I think Tampa's a wild card team, and we're going to get Florida Tampa round one. Boston, Toronto. Vancouver, uh, Vancouver Canuck fans were awfully happy last night doing something really rare, and that's beating Colorado yeah. at home. Yeah. Never happens. Never happens. And now they've got Minnesota tonight. Tough back to back. But this is kind of it for Vancouver. It's like put up or shut up time, okay? You're going to get Colorado, Minnesota back to back. Then they've got Vegas three times in the next couple weeks. The team they're trying to catch, they got Dallas on Wednesday, team they're trying to catch. Like, the league has said to their schedule, you you can get in. You just got to beat the teams ahead of you. Mm. So Vancouver probably needs to go, what do they got, 20 games left, something like that. They probably need to go about 15 and 5. It's not impossible. Call it 14 and 6. And it was Halak last night who st- stood on his head, not Demko. Why was it Halak? Did they basically think this is, a, this is an L? We're going to lose uh, yeah. this first one and we'll whatever, try to get whatever two or four it was, points? It, it worked. That's amazing. They did the reverse Babs. They but, started the backup yeah. in, the, in the first half of the back-to-back. But it also reminds me of when Calgary went into Colorado and they started Vladar instead of Markstrom as if to say, if we get the win, great. Now we, when we beat you with our backup. But then yeah. if we don't, well, we played our backup. It was It's almost like narrative insurance in a way. I don't know if that was the idea of starting Halak, but... So that was a big one. Winnipeg Jets are uh, on the outside looking in. They've got uh, the Ottawa Senators going into to Winnipeg. You know, I, I thought what they did at the deadline was interesting. They move Cop out. They bring Appleton back. Kind of halfway committing to, hey, maybe we'll see if we can sneak into the playoffs. But they kept Stastny. They didn't move. Uh, you know, they, it seems like they, they want to be competitive. You think that's a fans thing? or They sold out. The first 10 years and through this pandemic, they've, they haven't now. Mm-hmm. And that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's probably part of it. And then the last thing I want to ask you here, well, uh, bef- before we run out of time is about the Oilers. W- w- what are your thoughts on this team who can't quite catch the Los Angeles Kings, but they're still McDavid. They're still dry They're starting to get some yeah. goaltending and they're going to get uh Nugent Hopkins back. Yeah. And, and just before he left again, to go on IR, I liked that they had, I think, uh, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and uh, Nugent Hopkins as a 1-2-3. Yeah, me too. Middle. I think no team has a better chance of getting out of the first round than the Edmonton Oilers. They're almost certainly going to play the Kings in round one. You know, you know, looking at the, uh, the East, you don't like anyone's chances against anyone because it's mayhem. 
you know, Vegas might be the eight seed, so you don't really want to be the number one seed. I think the Oilers have the best chance of seeing the round two of the Stanley Cup finals or playoffs. Uh, Jay, uh, Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson, uh, their contracts run out at the end of the year. They're, Is that it? Are they're, they still? They're, they're free agents. So what happened here? Do you think the Jaybird. Well, well, what kind of boost would they have got? Like, hey, you get the guy's contract that we let go type of thing for the rest yeah, of the year? Yeah, I think it would be a minimal boost, and it's we'll talk to you at the end of the year. Yeah. But if, if he goes on a nice run with it, Edmonton Oilers. I had Jaybird seeing round two, and he's going to he, be asking for he, some money. He could be a nice UFA. Forget the players. <laughs> Five, yeah, you may want to wait and see what he can get out there. All right, our thanks to Aaron Ward and Brian Boucher. Toronto Maple Leafs. One more day off before they have a very busy weekend. We'll be back here tomorrow to tee it all up for you. On behalf of Derek, Jennifer, Sammy, me and JB, thanks for watching and listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.